Let's get going. I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm number 119. Psalm number 119. And we're going to begin reading at verse 41. And we'll finish at verse 45. I really, I really was going to have the praising team come up, back up and sing that song again. Well, that's, that's powerful right there. Powerful right there. Because it, they, they sang my message, really. And um, so that's good. Maybe they'll sing it after we finish. Hint, hint. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 41 through 45. Y'all have that? Okay, let's read together. Ready, read. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. So shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. Again, verse 45 says, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. Today I want to talk from the simple subject. This is a 4th of July weekend, and people have all kinds of celebrations going on, and uh, here coming up on Wednesday and so forth, we celebrate, you know, our nation's freedom, and we ought to be thankful for that. Amen. We really ought to be thankful for our nation's freedom that we enjoy. Thankful for the men and women who give their lives uh, and serve every day to protect that freedom. But today I want to talk about, from a spiritual standpoint, how to walk in freedom. How to walk in freedom. Thank you, Lord. Father, we receive your word today with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing that's already upon me and upon these, your people. I pray, Father, that, Lord, that, that we have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts to know and understand the things that you have to tell us today, God. We listen. And we intend to obey your word. We know that your word has the exact answers that we need. So speak, Lord, for your servants we hear. And we listen, Father, and we intend to obey. We thank you for it. We give you praise in advance for the manifestation that comes from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. How to walk in freedom. We're thankful for um, this past Wednesday night. Pastor Kim uh, did a dynamic job ministering the word of God. Oh, come on, we can give God a big hand of praise for that. What a dynamic word. If you weren't here Wednesday night, I encourage you to go back on our YouTube and our Facebook, on SoundCloud, Roku, any channel we have, uh, Apple TV, and just watch and that message and glean from it the things that God uh, spoke to us. She spoke on the message entitled uh, A United Front, and she ministered from this scripture in Psalm 86, verse 11, where the psalmist asked the Lord to unite my heart, Psalm 86, verse 11, to unite my heart, to fear you. And so we understand it's important to have a united heart. Isn't that right? Now, those of you who were here last Sunday, remember me preaching, I mentioned uh, this scripture over in 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to turn over there real quick. 1 Kings, because a united heart is necessary for your success. Is that right? 1 Kings 18, 21. This was a situation here where Elijah is going to stand against uh, all the prophets of uh, Baal. And we're going to have a showdown to show who's the real God. And that same thing is happening right now. That God is about to uh, launch a showdown. He's going to show who's the real God. 
but he's going to show it through us. And so that's why God wants us to hear and receive this word. Amen. In, in uh, 1 Kings 18, 21, the Bible says, and Elijah came to all the people, this is the people of Israel, and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? In other words, uh, one translation says, how long will you uh, be halt in the King James? But if you read it in other translations, it will say, be lame. So when it says halt, it doesn't just mean be uh, stop, like halt in the name of the law. That word halt literally means, if you look it up in the Hebrew, literally means to be lame or crippled. So he, he's really saying, how long will you let your uh, um, divided heart cripple you? Are you hearing me? So if you don't have a united front, a united heart, then it cripples you, which means uh, you can't succeed in the things of God. As a matter of fact, I was sharing with a group uh, Sunday, last, last Sunday after service, that you can't succeed in the world with a divided heart. In reality, you have to, in the world, you got to go whole hog for the world in their system if you're going to really make it. If you're going to really make it. You, you can't go out there in the world and, and half-step. Y'all remember that song, Ain't No Half-Stepping? <laughs> you can't go out in the world and be a half-stepper and succeed. The people who are really successful, I'm talking about in the world system, they go whole hog. They, they go for it. They don't play game. They don't have step. They don't, they're not lazy. They don't, they don't compromise. They don't, they're, they're not, they, don't, they don't go out in the world and do all the world stuff and then come home and repent. They don't. They don't repent. They, they, are, they are doing their thing and they're going to do it to the best of their ability. They make no apologies for living that worldly lifestyle. And they become extremely successful because their lowercase G-O-D, God, the devil, is helping them. Giving them all sorts of demonic wisdom. And he's helping them succeed in that world system. Now, it's called toil. They got to grind. They got to hustle. They don't get any sleep. They got to hustle because in that system out there, it's a toil system. It's a struggle system. So you got to work real hard. You got to work your fingers to the bone. You got to grind. You got to grind. That, that's why these, these rappers sing about hustling. On the grind. Because you have to, to succeed out there in the world system. So in, but in God's system, you don't have, have to do that. But you got to go whole hog with God. It's got to be for him I live and for him I die. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Come on. No turning back. And I'm going to go whole hog for him. But when you're divided between two opinions, you are faltering, you are halt, or you are crippled. So you can't really be successful in the world, and you're not really successful in the kingdom. So no worldly manifestation, and no real kingdom manifestation. I don't, I don't know why I'm not going, why I'm not making any progress because you got you slew footed. You slew footed. You got one foot heading that way and the other foot heading the other way. You ever try to see anybody slew foot walk? Yeah, how many of y'all remember as kids? You used to we used to do something called the three legged race. Remember the three legged race? You have two people who were together. And they tied them, you know, your right leg and the other person's left leg together. And you tried to move as fast as you can. That was extremely hard, wasn't it? I mean, how many times would you fall? Because it's hard. 
And what, what people do, this between two opinions, they're trying to tie the world and the kingdom of God together and trying to, trying to make progress, and it's not going to work. Either you're going to be a hustler in the world or you're going to let the blessing work in your life in the kingdom of God. There's a scripture in Proverbs 10.22. Y'all know Proverbs 10.22? Come on, get on the screen for me. Proverbs 10.22, which says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Amplified says, neither does toiling increase it. That word sorrow literally means it's the same word as Hebrew from the Hebrew as toil. So that means when the blessing is working on your life, you don't have to struggle. Am I talking to the right people in here? Well, I don't know why it's working. You got to find out where you're out there trying to still do the world's way. Y'all going to make me work harder today, aren't you? I feel it. Y'all going to make me have the... Instead of y'all pulling from me, I'm about to pull from you today, huh? So the blessing makes you rich. Prosperous. Successful. And he adds, he of the Lord adds no sorrow or no toil with it. So in other words, watch this, in the kingdom it's easy. It is easier to be successful in the kingdom than it is to be successful in the world. Well, how come like the world is succeeding? It's because they're, they are, they are bumping and grinding. They're humping. They're on AJ all the time. They, come on now, am I talking right? They ain't sleeping at night. They not out there in the world, trying, you know, doing their thing and then come home and read the Bible for three hours. They're going whole hog with the world's way. Are y'all listening? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll do that. Praise the Lord. Now, Psalm number one. Give me, give me Psalm number one, verse one through three. Because we said the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow with it, right? So how do you get the blessing of the Lord activated in your life? Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That blessed, that means the, act, the blessing is activated in the life of the one who does not walk in the counsel or the advice or the wisdom of the ungodly. So I don't let what they say determine what I do. <laughs> I heard a song on TV this morning. I was watching the, one of those, the Christian channel and this group was singing, you got to do what the Lord say do. I'm not going to put the name out. I know who it was. I'm not going to put, they sing a song, you got to do what the Lord say do. Any of y'all ever heard that song? Yeah, do what the Lord say. Barbara, you know you heard that song. It's one of them, them quartet songs. Do what the Lord say do. And I thought, and these, and these were, they were not black people. They were white people. And I thought, they have to, I know they really got to struggle to be saying, do what the Lord say do. Because that's not proper English. That's not grammatically correct. But they sung it. I mean, they sung the mess out that song too. So we don't, we're going to do what the Lord says do, right? Says to do. He says, nor stands in the path of sin, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Watch this, verse 2. But here's the light. This is the one who gets the blessing working. My delight is in the law of the Lord or in God's word. And in his word, his law, I meditate. Come on. Now see, in the world, they're meditating their word. They're meditating their wisdom. And they work it. But their work tends to toil. Our work in the kingdom gets the blessing activated in our lives. 
So when we meditate the word day and night, verse 3 says something's going to happen to us. Watch this. It says, verse 3, verse 3, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted, come on, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves, come on, and, and whatever he does, y'all listening back there, whatever he does shall prosper. How many of y'all believe that? Come on, tell me, show me you believe that. Put your hand up. Okay, this is the truth. It's God's word. And yet, many times the body of Christ, we act like this is a, a, some kind of um, a fantasy promise from God. It might work for so-and-so, but it didn't work for everybody. No, it says whatever he does shall prosper. And what, what I, I'm trying to get you to see this. The, the problem is, is we're still two-timing God. We're still faltering, halting between two opinions. And, and when you go back to that scripture in 1 Kings 18, 21, the enemy said, listen, if God be God, serve him. But if Baal be God, serve him. Make up your mind. Stop yelling, pastor. Okay. So if Baal, which represents, Baal is, is, a, is a false deity. It represents that whole system. If that system is God or if that system is your source, if that system is your comforter, if that system is your protector, if that system is your supplier, then serve it. But if God is your comforter, if God is your strength, if God is your source, if God is your help, if God is your advocate, if God is your everything, then serve him. And if you do that, you won't be crippled anymore. You won't be halt between two opinions. Are y'all getting that here? All right, now, now. So let's go to Colossians 2 verse 8 in the Good News Translation, please. Let's go right to the Good News Translation for sake of time. I, I, got, I got a long, long way to go. All right, Colossians 2 verse 8, Good News Translation. This is what I want you to make sure you do because this is what we taught on the last two messages here. He says, see to it then that no one enslaves you by means of wor the worthless deceit of human wisdom. So remember we just read in Psalm 1, the, the man who doesn't walk in that counsel of the ungodly, that human wisdom, there's a human wisdom out there. They're going to tell you how to do everything in this world. Okay? But God's trying to get us to reject that and receive his wisdom. So he says, don't let anyone, make, make sure no one enslaves you by means of the worthless deceit of human wisdom, which comes from the teachings Handed down by human beings and from the of this of the universe and not. So there's all kind of teaching out there that comes from human beings that they get it from the ruling spirits of the universe. That's demon spirits. You know, demons teach. Demons teach. The Bible says to make sure we don't give heed to seducing spirits and doctors of devils. So demons teach. That's why when I tell you, you're looking at the people in the world and they're, just, they're so successful because they're getting teaching from demons. What they don't know is it's, it's, a, it's a pseudo success. Y'all know what that means? It's fake success. It's a pseudo success that's meant to draw them farther and farther away from God to get them out on a limb and it looks successful. I got the yacht, I got the house, I got the car, I got, I got the, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But back on the other end of that branch that's attached to that tree, he's got a saw blade. There's a way that seems right. 
to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Okay? So you and I don't want to follow that way just because it looks right. So he said, no, but here's what I want you to see, is that he said, let no one enslave you. So human wisdom enslaves people. Are you hearing me? I wonder, can y'all handle this here? Human wisdom enslaves people. Okay? Glory to God. Now, that's why I taught you all slavery is a choice. <laughs> y'all didn't get mad about that, right? I didn't, I didn't say to Kanye, I meant, oh man, I didn't mean to call him. I didn't say what that fellow said about slavery was a choice. And begging, I'm talking about slavery is a choice. Now. It's a choice now. See, you don't have to be slaves anymore. But people think just because there's no uh, physical massa that they're free. But there's all kind of masses out there that have God's people bound. Massa of addiction, massa of drugs, massa of, of credit debt, and massa of, 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 of uh, depression, and massa of all, all kind of stuff. All kind of masses out there. Glory to God. And so what happens is, when you go into human wisdom, it enslaves you. So you go from, listen, you go from one medical procedure to another medical procedure. Because the system will get you. And we're going to fix this, but when we fix this, it breaks this. And so then you take this pill for that, but then we got to get this other pill, which deals with the um, side effects of this pill here. And so before you know it, whereas you were, thought you were going to be on one pill, now you got 20 pills on your, on your nightstand. Y'all mad at me. But I'm going to just tell you the truth. This is, this is how it looks. Because it's a human wisdom. Got your own little pharmacy. Then you got to deal with all the, all the, 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 the street, uh, all, all the, the jokers going to try to break in your house to get your medicine. Am I right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But we don't have to deal with that. Amen? You'll go from one, from one credit situation to another credit situation. They call it borrowing from Peter, come on, to pay Paul. Because I borrowed his money over here, then because I don't have enough money to pay Peter back, I got to go borrow, uh, borrow, pay Paul back. I got to go borrow from Peter so I can pay Paul back. But then now I don't have enough money to pay Peter back, so I got to get Stephen over here. And Steve on his piece, and then I didn't know Steve was going to charge me extra uh, interest. And Stephen, he made, he made me actually give him, a, give him a check ahead of time, so they're going to take it out of my account. So when I first get my paycheck on Friday, Peter, Stephen already got his money, so now I, I, now I can't pay Susie. So, oh, Lord. Well, it's a trap. It's a trap. It enslaves you because somebody said, this is how you do it. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me, but I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you. Because somebody said, this is how you do it. And that's not how you do it. The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And he adds no sorrow. It's sorrow when, you, when that bill is due and you got to call and ask for an extension. Come on, that's sorrowful. Well, you got to call and say, listen, I don't have it. Can I get three more days? All right, we're going to give three more days, but it's going to be extra $25. Oh, Lord. Now, now that, that, goes, that goes your little burger that you was going to get. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
It's the rat race, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now, let's keep going here because I want to get somewhere. In your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 4, please. Luke 4. Luke 4, because something happened. Remember the first Adam? Remember he lived on revelation knowledge? Then he fell into sin and fell down to sense knowledge. I don't have time to preach that again, but you can go back on the website and get all that. But when Adam sinned, his sin plunged man into slavery to the sense knowledge realm, right? But Jesus Christ came along. How many of you know Jesus Christ, the Bible calls him the last Adam, calls him the second man. I'm so glad the second is better than the first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The last shall be first. So now the last Adam comes along to set us free. Okay? And he was anointed for this purpose. Listen, he was anointed to do something to give us liberty. If you look in Luke chapter 4, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. The anointing's coming on in here. The anointing, when I just, just talk about the anointing, I feel the anointing, boy. I praise God. Hallelujah. So he's anointed for this. He comes here for a purpose. He comes here and he doesn't come here with his own, with his own, uh, with nothing. He comes here with a, with a grace on him. He comes here with a power on him. He comes here with some juice. And this juice has a purpose. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to do something. To preach the gospel to the poor. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Now, gospel means good news. The good news to a poor man is you don't have to be poor anymore. Well, no, the gospel to get saved. Yes, get saved. But once you get saved, you're not a slavery to poverty anymore. Y'all, you hearing this here? He says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, come on. This is what this anointing is for. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set. Now, he, we went from proclaiming to setting. Did y'all notice that? He said to proclaim liberty to the captives. But then he says now to set at liberty. So to set at liberty, we know the Bible says in John 8, around verse 36, whom the Son sets free. See, so he came with that anointing. There's an anointing to set us free. Thank you, Lord. There's an anointing to break the slavery. Now, again, the scripture says to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, what does oppression mean? I've been teaching on these oppressing spirits before. This oppression is this, this weight from the enemy that comes to push us down. We call it the anti-anointing. Y'all remember the anti-anointing? We know what the anointing is. Right? The anointing is the burden removing, yoke-destroying power of God that does you good and makes you glad. But there's an anti-anointing. The anti-anointing is that oppression from the enemy. It's what makes you sad when you ought to be glad. It's what makes you sad when all, the birds are out singing, the sun is shining. It's a crisp morning. Bacon on the stove. You got a closet to go to. You got up out of a, out of a bed. You didn't wake up on, on a park bench somewhere. You woke up out of a bed. Come on now. I'm talking about the people of God walking around depressed and they in a bed. Indoors. With AC. Or at least a good fan. You got something going on. Praise the Lord. You, you, my point is you're not outside. 
You're not homeless. You didn't wake up in the hospital. You didn't wake up, you know, a crackhead. And yet, this oppression comes, this spiritual thing comes from the enemy, this anti-anointing comes to bring sadness, to bring gloom, to make you feel, oh, woe is me. This is oppression. And the oppression is, comes it's from the enemy to make you sad. It's to do your bad and make you sad. And when it does your bad and make you sad, then all of a sudden now you become enslaved to it. Now that sadness controls you. Now, I, I can't go to work today. Or oh, if I go to work, I'm snapping at everybody. Come on, y'all. Y'all know some oppressed people, they come to work every day. If it's not you, they come to work every day. And good morning. What is huh? Come on now. You and I, with the anointing of God, ought to be walking around the most cheerful, cheery, bright-eyed people shouting something every once in a while. Not sad and moping and barely. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, look your neighbor in the eyeballs and say he's talking about you. I'm gonna just tell, tell, tell I'm telling I'm telling you the truth. He's talking about you. I, I feel like tell him I feel like Pastor talking about you. I, feel, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I just feel like I just just feel like Pastor talking about you. So notice when you when you are no watch this now. Look at the words that Jesus Christ uses. When you are oppressed, he has to set you at liberty. Which means that oppression enslaves people. You're trapped in it. I told you about this fibromyalgia. Gloria, I told him your testimony the other night. There's Gloria. Stand up, Gloria. Stand up. Stand up. She got that baby right there. Stand up. Do like this. Let's move around, Gloria. See? See? Look at her. See, her doctors had told her that same thing about fibromyalgia, and she heard the word of the Lord. No, that's oppression. That's the anti-anointing trying to hold you down. Why everything hurts? This, they got this other thing. Uh, what's this arthritis? What's they call this thing? Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis, that is oppression from the enemy. It is the anti-anointing getting all in your joints. It's, it's your soul out of whack and it has a physiological effect on your body. How dare you have that when the Bible says he renews your youth like the eagles? How dare you have that when the Bible says a good word will even make your bones glad? Make my bones glad? Make my bones glad? What? trained by the world in that mindset that we let that stuff stick us in bed and we can't move. But Sister Gloria said, no, this ain't gonna work. I gotta rely on the anointing and all of a sudden now she get up out that bed and say, doctor, I don't want that medicine no more. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna go. And she just getting back from vacation driving a big old RV. Did she let you drive, Matthew? Did she let you drive one minute? Well, I tell you, boy. You get out the way. I got this thing here. See, that's, that's the anointing. See, he has to set you at liberty. He has to set you at liberty. 
So I want you to understand that Christ's anointing is greater than the oppression or the anti-anointing from Satan. You understand that? So here's the reason why he came. It's to set us at liberty. So I want to continue to talk about today how to walk in freedom. I'm going to get there if y'all stick with me here today. Go to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Because people of God are walking around in bondage that doesn't belong to us. We're going and we're living, living and, and, and being in the same jail cell as the heathens. And we don't belong in jail with the heathens. The heathens are supposed to be enslaved because they choose that way. They're in that way. They don't know any better. But you and I, once we know better, we, we, that, that's like, y'all remember this, this TV show, Andy Griffith? Some of y'all remember Andy Griffith? Andy Griffith, they had this one guy named Otis. Y'all remember Otis? Otis was a town drunk. Otis would go out there and get him a little drink, you know, just drink, drink all day, drink all night. Otis would come in, staggering in, and, you know, hiccup, you know, and see Andy, hey, Andy, hey, Barney. He go, he go and by himself, get the key, open the, open the cell door, walk in and close the door behind him. He lock himself up for the weekend. Now, I bet none of y'all ever even think about doing none of that. But Otis, he go lock himself up. The wise man. But he, here, here we are in the body of Christ with all the jail doors open. He's already come to bring us freedom. And because we listen to the world or do things the world's way, we go lock ourselves back up into the same system, into the same cycles that they're locked into. The devil is a liar. Somebody say, I'll be free. So Hebrews 2, I want you to see this. This is so, I, I want you, if you have a, a highlighter or some marker or some rouge or something, mascara, I want you to mark your Bible up. Rouge, they don't wear rouge anymore. Okay, I don't know. I, don't, I, I never wore it, so I don't know. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 2. Thank you, Lord. I've always been a man. I didn't, I'm not a trans nothing. Man, I know I am a man. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. The only thing I've been transformed is by the renewing of my mind. Only transforming I'm doing. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 2, are you there? Verse 14. I want you to get this. This is, this is such a powerful scripture, ladies and gentlemen. This is such a, such a powerful scripture. I, I think if you get this, it'll, it'll, it'll change your life. You got this? Demetri, you got this? He paying attention, boy. He going, I like it, I like it. Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14. Inasmuch then as the children are partakers or have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, this is Jesus, likewise shared in the same. So he became flesh and blood like us. That or so that, you can even write in your Bible, so that through death, his death, he might destroy 
him who had the power of death. Uh, did you see that? Destroy? When I saw that, I said destroy. Now, I've, I've noticed scripture. I've read it. I, I noticed. I mean, I love this scripture for years here. But I, I was going over that again. And I'm like, man, destroy. The Bible said destroyed. 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 The devil got destroyed. You know when a team, you know, beats another team, they like, you know, we say that it was a lopsided victory, they destroy them. Or they get swept 4-0 in the NBA finals. You know, it's, it's they got destroyed such that the team is just falling apart. They can't put it back together no more. Everybody moving to L.A. and everything. It's, it's, he said they got destroyed. The devil, the devil, he destroyed that he might destroy him. And here we are in the church still talking about the devil on my track. Not if he's been destroyed. No, I mean, not if he's been destroyed. Oh, saints, pray for me. I got the devil on the run. Run, he can't run, he's been destroyed. According to your Bible, it says that he might destroy, now watch this, destroy him who had H-A-D. I got a lot of teachers, all the teachers, all the teachers, the teachers, teachers here. Any English teachers, anybody, you can, you, got it, you can teach math or whatever, you gotta know. Had is the past tense of has or have. Had is past tense. Had. Right? So if I have this money clip, and now Deacon Robert has the money clip, do I have it? No. Or, but I had it. That means I no longer have it. So if, if he took it from me, who has it? He has it. I don't have it. So if Jesus destroyed the devil and took the power of death from him, the devil doesn't have it. Jesus has it. And he, because he has it, that's why he can satisfy you with long life. Now the devil can't sneak into your room at night and get you. He can't go, go on his pegboard at night and say, okay, come, I'm coming to take Jasmine tonight. He can't do that. Now, he may try, he may want to, but he doesn't have any power to do so because he had it, but he got destroyed. Are you hearing me? So tell your neighbor, he can't kill you. He can only threaten you. He can only scare you to death. Dig, I better take that back from you. There's some, some, some stuff in there. Uh, Dig was starting to get comfortable. Hallelujah. So, uh, so the devil doesn't have it, so he might destroy the one. Now, go to verse 15, please. I want, so I want you to see this. Now, in doing that, are y'all seeing this? In doing that, and release. Somebody shout release. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So people 
have lived, in fact, listen to me, everybody in that world system lives on the fear of death. The whole sense knowledge realm exists or, or it tends toward this fear of death. That fear of death pushes every industry. And the fear of death is the major enemy. The Bible says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So, enemy is, so death is that greatest enemy, but everything subject to that, uh, poverty and sickness and all the kind of stuff that go along with it, car accidents and plane accidents, all that kind of stuff like that, people live in fear of that stuff because they're afraid to die. So that's why we have more advanced security systems for our houses now than we ever had. It used to be all you had was, was a front door. Right, remember y'all? Y'all remember growing up? He had a front door, and then and we had, we had a little lock. Then we got to a to a, a deadbolt lock. I'm, see, <laughs> so we didn't always have deadbolt locks. Praise the Lord. Now we have deadbolt locks. Now we've come so far as you ring my doorbell and it's a camera. I can see you. Who is it? Because we're afraid. Now, when I say we understand, I don't mean, I'm not talking about me and you. Hold on, I'm not talking about me. I don't know about you. But I'm talking about as a, as a people, a society, live in so much fear of everything. Bottom line, it's the fear of death. That's why, that's why people rush to do whatever um, so-and-so MD says. Because they said, if I don't have this, you know, nine out of ten people die from this. So now I'm, I'm afraid, oh Lord, I'm going to die. Wait a minute. The daughter doesn't have power of death. If the devil doesn't have it anymore, the doctors didn't get it. The doctor said, I only have six months to live. Uh, how did they get that kind of authority over us? Y'all don't like that part. How did they get that kind of authority over us? See, the one who has the power now, he tells me now that life and death are in the power of my tongue. See, so now I don't let him tell me how long I'm going to live. I tell him how long I'm going to live. I'm going to live, live until I'm satisfied. Glory to God, if I decide at 72 years old, I'm finished and I'm, then I leave. But if I want to stay around to 102, then I'll stay around. If I decide I'm going to be 125, see, so that fear binds people. It enslaves people in every way. But he came to release us from that fear. Y'all got that? All right, now, Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Let me keep going here. Romans 8, verse 2. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is how I know this is true. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, come on, free, come on, from the law of what? So, listen, there's a law of sin and death that exists. When you're born into this world, you're born under that law, the law of sin and death, because you're born in sin. And sin is the only reason death is even around. 
Right? The soul that sins shall surely die. That's Bible. So the only, the only reason death is even on the scene was because sin came into the world. So when you're born into this world under the old Adam, the first Adam, you are born and you live under the law of sin and death. You ever heard this phrase, martial law? People are all, all afraid. Boy, one day in America, they're going to declare martial law on us. Boy, we, everybody's afraid. See, when, whenever, whenever you are under a law, you have to abide by its rules. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so now, that's being born under the first Adam. Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. So when you're born again, you're born again unto a lively hope. So you're not, when you're born again, Shantae, you helping me today? Help me, girl. You're not under that law anymore. Okay, help me. Oh, Lord, thank you. Okay, if, if, you're, if you were born in Mexico, y'all know what Mexico is? Y'all commoners call it Mexico. In, in Mexico, you are under Mexican law. Right? I'm going to help you. Mexican. I'll make sure I'm not racially insensitive. Mexican law. You're under their law. You're under their law. But the moment you cross the border into the United States of America, and you, you, are, you are now patriated as an American citizen. You renounce your Mexican citizenship and become an American citizen. You are no longer under Mexican law. You are now under the United States law system. You abide by American laws. So there are things that didn't pass there that'll pass here. There are things that, that would pass there that don't pass here. Well, the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. Oh, I don't have any Bible students here. Our citizenship is in heaven. Colossians 1 says that we have been delivered from the power of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Y'all got it? So you and I are in a different kingdom. I know y'all know this already, right? That's why this is so boring. How many of y'all want to hear what I got to say here? So you are part of a different kingdom now. So you have crossed the border. And although Mexico and the United States are right next to each other, it's two different laws, two different systems, two different governments, two different militaries, two different agendas, two different everything. That's why your Bible, oh my God. Now you can go back and visit Mexico. Because you still look Mexican on the outside. But I'm American on the inside. So you can go back in the world because when you go to work, you're back among all the world. But you are now in this world. But you're no longer of this world. On the outside, you still look like one of them. But on the inside, you look like Jesus. On the inside, you look like God. On the inside. I have a new citizenship. Everybody say, I have a new citizenship. So as a citizen of this 
new kingdom, I'm no longer subject to their law. So under their law, sin and death went hand in hand. But now the new law of my new kingdom, of my new citizenship, is now called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So you don't have a law of death on you. You have a law of life working in you. I'm trying, I'm trying to slow, trying to slow the Holy Ghost down here. Oh my God. Romans 5 talks about that death passed. When Adam said death passed from one to the next. But now in this new kingdom, now life passed. Oh Jesus. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying to you? There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So life passes to every one of us. The problem is, we are, we are now uh, We are now uh, kingdom citizens still being, being taunted or haunted by a, a worldly law system. Because they're hollering back from this side of the border. Hey, you're going to die like your granddaddy did at 45. You sneeze three good times. Well, you know your auntie so-and-so, she got a sneeze and she couldn't control it. She gone now. You make one complaint about your head hurting. Well, it must be your pressure. You know your pressure is so bad and you know it made it made, made granddaddy's, uh, his kidneys fail and everything fail. And you know they holler at you from that side of the border and you got to say, shut up, I'm not under that law anymore. Only reason I'm even dealing with that is because I came over here and drunk some of y'all water. They had warned me, don't drink the water when I go over there. I remember, I remember years ago, I went to Africa. I went to visit, uh, this, I won't call her name of the nation, I went to Africa. And when I went to this, this nation, they said, don't drink the water. And I was very diligent. I'm not going to drink the water. They say, you drink this water, you know, we don't have a very good water and, you know, sanitary system without water. So, chance of you getting sick is very, very strong. So, I said, okay, well, I'm going to listen to that advice. I'm not going to drink the water because I don't want to get sick. But what nobody said was, they didn't tell me, don't use the ice. And it didn't click in my lightning fast mind that the ice is made from the same water. So, I didn't drink the water, but I had plenty of ice. And I came home, oh God, I, my wife would tell you I was sick for days because I drunk, I was using their ice. The word is telling us, don't be fooled up. Pastor always yelling at us, yes, because I'm trying to make sure I warn you when you go back out there because when you leave out, out of the comforts of this, of this uh, uh, embassy, when you leave out of the embassy, you go back out there into the world where you are an ambassador. Doesn't your Bible say in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors for Christ? 
So we are ambassadors and we come here on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever we get together, we are in our embassy. But we go back out and we got to work out there among the other folk. So I'm telling you, don't drink the water. And don't use the ice. Because the ice, they just repackage the ice. It's the same water. This is making sense to anybody here. So I'm on a different law. Everybody say I'm on a different law. Oh, man, I'm way out of time already. Okay. I might as well take my time. Because I got, I, I, I'm, I'm the pastor, so I, I can preach Wednesday night, too. Tuesday night. Uh, Proverbs 14. Okay. Because I want you to see this here. So I'm on a different law. Now see, once you become a, a citizen of, a, of the different of another nation, you don't even have to pay taxes anymore to that old nation. Y'all, y'all like what? Yeah, if I if I give up my citizenship in the in the, my previous nation, I don't no longer I no longer pay taxes. Okay, y'all, I don't understand that. When the people came to Jesus Christ, came to Peter and said, hey, Peter, does not your master pay taxes? Your teacher doesn't pay taxes? And, and uh, Jesus said, well, when, now, watch taxes go. He said, do the sons pay taxes? And they said, no, the sons. That's right. He said, nevertheless, lest we offend them, go down there and throw that fishing hook down there and catch your fish and pay them taxes. Let's offend them. But we know we're not taxable anymore. See, you and I are sons of the kingdom. So we can't... Oh, okay. I, I see what y'all are saying. Alright, I'm looking at you. Y'all are thinking I'm saying stop paying your income taxes. Okay, I see it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that first. Okay, alright. <laughs> Let me give you a PSA right here. This is a public service announcement. Pastor Jonathan Marcus Anderson Sr. is not telling you to stop paying income taxes, stop paying property taxes, and stop paying sales taxes when you go in the store. What I'm telling you is, y'all's about to be in trouble, boy. All y'all's about to go to jail. I mean, real jail, not just the theological jail. I mean, y'all are going to real jail. I'm talking about you're no that system can't tax you anymore. That system can't tax you on by making you do what they want you to do in that system. You can't make me um watch this. You can't make me eat your food. You can't make me go to your school. You can't make me go to your hospital. You can't make me use your bank. You can't make me use anything you have. I'm not part of that system anymore. I'm in, I'm in this new country. I'm on a new law. A new governance. Hallelujah. I, I don't owe y'all anything anymore. Glory to God. All right. Did I tell y'all to go anywhere? Proverbs 14. 
Okay, because I'm, I'm trying to make a point here if y'all will let me make it and stop interrupting with all y'all mean looks about taxes. That boy, y'all thinking, boy, boy, this is, woo-wee. I ain't paying no more taxes. We would have had to start a prison ministry right then. <laughs> right now, we support a lot of prison ministries, but we were going to have to do our own here, right here. Y'all going to be writing prison epistles and everything. Our pastor said, no, your pastor did not say that whatsoever. Amen. I do not play with Iris. <laughs> no, sir. Proverbs 14, 26. Proverbs 14, 26. Pastor Kim was over here Wednesday night. Uh, in fact, we were in it Wednesday morning in prayer. Look at what it says here. Because I want you to see, remember, you're in a different system here. So listen, listen. Pretend like you were from Mexico. Now you live in America. You've, you've given up your Mexican citizenship. You are now a citizen of America, a full-fledged citizen, which means you're not even concerned about ICE. Okay, by this ICE, I mean I.C.E. What does that stand for? Immigration something. Like immigration control, export all the children, something like immigrant children export or something. I don't know what that stands for. I don't, Whatever it stands for. INS is another one. Anyway, the people that deport people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right now, a lot of people are afraid because they're not, they're not here legally. Oh, I'm out of time. Y'all sure? Okay. Praise the Lord. Now watch. So... So they're afraid because they're not here legally. But you didn't sneak into the kingdom. You are born into the kingdom of God. Not by the will of man. But by God's own will. Who begot you to a lively hope. So you are legal in the kingdom of God. Everybody say I'm legal. In the kingdom of God. So I have no fear of being deported back into the world and I'm not going back voluntarily now we got to say that all right so since I'm not since I don't have any fear of that I have I have now a different type of fear this fear is not being afraid this fear is a reverence and respect for my new kingdom my, my brother-in-law, my, my, my brother, Elder Warren, remember he was here a couple Sundays ago? And he, his, his wife, Itzel, told us a story about, she has a sister, uh, Itzel is from Panama. And she has a sister uh, who, her blood sister lives in Panama, but this is so, so crazy. Her blood sister who lives in Panama is a Panamanian person, th- through and through. She has renounced Panama and calls herself now an American. Now she's not actually an American. She hadn't done paperwork, she hadn't become a citizen, it's not all that. She don't have a passport. But she lives in Panama to this day. But in her heart, she's an American. Because she so wants to come here and become an American. I'm talking about how faith works. She has, in her heart, she's an American. 
So when all her family gets get together and they're cheering for Panama, oh yeah, Panama playing soccer, all like football, all that stuff they're playing, and she's like, she cheers for for America. Now she's a Panamanian in her blood, Spanish speaking. She don't even speak English. This is what she told us. She don't even speak a lick of English. But when the when the God bless America. When they sing that song or, you know, oh, say, can you see? When they play that, she's, they said, tears come to her eyes. Because in her heart, she's an American. And I told them, before long, watch. She's going to be here in America as an American citizen. See, it, this is the same thing we've been teaching y'all about faith. You got to already see yourself. In your new level, your new position, in your destiny, debt free and living in abundance and pay master of the gospel and heal to your body and running and not struggling to get by. I'm talking about you are moving so fast. You got to see yourself that, that way so much that that becomes more real than the dirt you're standing on. See, but if she were to visit, she, she can't have any confidence. Because she hadn't become a citizen yet. But you and I who are full-blooded citizens. Notice what it says here. We have now a different fear. I'll tell you that story because they talked about how when she sees the U.S. flag, how just, oh, she has a reverence for the flag. And she, she, she talks about Trump like he's her president. I know some of y'all don't like that. But she, oh, President Trump, she's, oh. Because in her mind, she's a United States citizen. So there's a different fear now, a different reverence that we have. So when you and I have this reverence for the Lord, now there is a strong confidence. So now we're not in bondage to fear. We live with a strong, everybody say strong. A strong confidence. Now what does confidence mean, man? You can walk around with assurance, you walk around with certainty. You walk around and you're not, you're not worried about anything. You're not, I'm confident. This song, I'll, some of y'all might remember Andre Crouch. Nobody. Andre Crouch. He just had this song. I've got confidence. God is gonna see me through, no matter what the case may be. I know y'all remember that song. I know he's gonna fix it for me. Some of y'all see. Some of y'all didn't know about WRXB playing on, you know, in the morning time on the big, the big flow model radio we had. I've got confidence. God is gonna see me through, no matter what the case may be. I know he's gonna fix it for me. Verse twenty-seven. Maybe we have to turn into a rap. Then y'all are, oh yeah. That's my jam right there. <laughs> Verse 27. The fear of the Lord. <laughs> Come on now. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Verse 27. To turn one away from the snares or the traps or the enslavement of death. Are y'all hearing that? So God wants us to live with confidence, free from 
The fear of death, fear of sickness, fear of poverty, fear of oppression, fear of an economic downturn, fear of layoff, fear of disease, fear of plagues, from fear of all that stuff. Look at Isaiah 54, please. This is enough scripture for y'all? Isaiah, this is not too much, is it? Isaiah 54. I want, I want to give you the uh, weapons that you need, arsenal. Because the devil's going to try you. As soon as you leave here, I guarantee you, he's going to try you to see what you learned. That's why everybody got to listen, including children, young people. You got to listen because you are accountable for what you heard today. And the devil's going to try you. As sure as you get out of here today, he's going to try you. You're going to run into something. He's going to say, okay, oh, you want you in that church? Let me try you. Oh, you can't say, oh, I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention. He don't care nothing about you paying attention. <laughs> I was checking my Facebook. Okay. <laughs> All right. Isaiah 54, verse 13. Look at this here. I want you to see what this confidence, how it works. He says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the what? Peace. Peace. The undisturbed composure of your children. Verse 14, well, watch this. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. So fear causes or makes rumor for or allows the devil to oppress you. But remember, when you're taught by the Lord, you're going to experience peace. Oh, man, this, they sung about this today here walking in that peace, man. So you're going to walk in this peace when you're taught of the Lord. This is revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge from the Lord will keep you in peace, keep you out of fear, so oppression can't come on you. Then he says, he says, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Y'all got that? Thank you, Lord. When you know the devil can't defeat you, when you know, this is what this is talking about here. This, this strong confidence. When you know the devil can't defeat you, it frustrates him. But it liberates you. You hear me? It frustrates him. Because he's going to bring everything he can against you. He's going to come at you sideways, up all around, every way. He, if this don't work today, he's going to come up with something different tomorrow. Are y'all hearing me here? That's what I'm telling you. You gotta listen to what I'm saying to you. You gotta, you gotta take it. You gotta soak it. You gotta go back over. You gotta get this word in your heart, because the devil is not gonna play with us. The Bible, Jesus called him the prince of this world. Told his disciples, he said, "Listen, we gotta go now because the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me." Now, when you read that, when he says prince of this world is coming, in the Amplified Bible, it says. The evil genius of this world. In other words, that prince, what Jesus calls a prince, the, the, the actual Greek meaning of that is he's an evil genius. Y'all ever seen these, these cartoons, these, uh, these epic you know, movies where there's some evil genius that's plotting to take over the world? <sighs> Jesus calls Satan an evil genius. Genius? I mean, he's pretty smart. He's the most subtle of all creatures. He, as an evil genius, he knows, 
He knows um, what button to push. Because he studies you. One, one, one songwriter, this song we listen on the radio sometimes, called Cycles. And this guy uh, says, the devil learns from our mistakes even if we don't. Even if we don't learn from our, from our mistakes, he does. In other words, he's observant. He learns what you like. He learns what you don't like. He learns. He knows. He studies. He knows just how to get to us. He knows, oh, oh, you, you clicked on that. Oh, you like that. Oh, you, oh. He knows, oh, you were in church on Sunday, but you weren't paying attention. Oh. Oh, you were smarter than the pastor now. <laughs> now, just, I'm not, when I say that, I'm not talking about intelligence and intellect. I'm talking about the fact that when God puts words in my mouth for you, it is, it is for you and it's just like it's for me. <laughs> I got to receive it first. Trust me. So he's going he's gonna to make sure he comes right at us to test what we heard or what we didn't hear. He's an evil genius. So he's coming after us. Amen? All right. All right, let me, let me give you this here. Give me, give me about 10 more minutes. Can I have it? Okay. So let me, let me give you these three answers here. How do you walk in total freedom? How do you get to this point where you are fully confident Walk in total freedom from all fears. Number one, number one, always see what God has to say. Oh, oh. All right, always see what God has to say. Okay? Remember in the book of Habakkuk when uh, Habakkuk the prophet said, I will stand upon my, my rampart and I will watch to see what he says unto me. So in other words, before you react, or respond to any situation, consult God's word. Because, listen to me, everybody listening? This week, I guarantee you, you're going to be met with a circumstance. I guarantee it. You're going to be met with a, with a, with a point where you got to decide between one of two opinions. Either I'm going to do this God's way, or I'm going to do this the world's way. And generally, it's going to come in a pressure, pressure type situation where the pressure's on you from the world to do it their way right away. To immediately respond based on what they tell you to do. But you had a decision point right there. Psalm 119, y'all remember that? Psalm 119, verse uh, 40, 41, we started reading there. It says, watch this. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to your word, so shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. Notice what he says. He says, your salvation according to your word. Your, the, the deliverance is according to your word. So I got to hear what you say to me. He says, so shall I have an answer. So in other words, right now, you don't have an answer. Do y'all get this? Right now, if you're met with a situation, you don't have an answer. You, you, and what the devil wants to do is make, make us think we can, just, we can just use common sense. Problem is common sense gets us stuck. Because you're not living on a sense knowledge realm. You're supposed to be living on a revelation knowledge realm. 
And God has an answer that generally would not make common sense because whatever God says will make faith. You'll have to use your faith when you hear God's word. The devil always wants you to use common sense because there's no faith involved in common sense. Boy, I wish I had a church that would listen. He says, so shall I have, so shall I have. I don't have it yet, but so shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me for I trust in your word. Now that word reproaches, in my Bible, there's a little center column reference here. That word reproaches is the, means the word taunts. Taunt, you know what taunting is. Taunting, you get in trouble for that in football and sports. You, you taunt your opponent. You know, that means you score on them or you dunk on them or whatever. You catch a pass on them and then you get all their face and you, ah, you know, you're taunting, right? Or, or you're taunting them. Come on, bring it. Bring the ball down. Bring the ball down. I'm going to knock that mess out, you know. You're taunting. You're talking smack. You're selling wolf tickets. Taunting. So you're, there, somebody is reproaching or taunting you. I want you to guess who that is. It's the devil. The devil is always out to taunt you. So he taunts you by hurling insults. He taunts us by hurling all kind of accusations. He taunts us by, by hurling all kind of things. Hey, you know, if you don't do it today, if you don't answer today, if you don't make a move right now, so he's taunting us with death or taunting us with poverty or taunting us with lack or taunting us with our marriage falling apart. He's taunting us. But the Bible says here, you need to get an answer. Don't answer it within yourself. Everybody say, I need an answer. I need an answer. Glory to God. So I got to answer, get an answer from God. Notice what it says down here in verse 45. Our main scripture here is, he says, verse 45 says, for I'll, and I will walk at liberty or I will walk in freedom for I seek your precepts. I seek your word. Give me that same verse in the CEV, please. So, verse 45, CEV. Glory to God. I have gained perfect freedom by following your teachings. Y'all got this here. So listen to me. Never allow the taunts or threats of the enemy to make you panic. You got that? Now, I was sharing this with some, some people the other day. Panic, panic is a, is a fear impulse. In other words, when fear, fear is there, it's a constant. Panic is that on the screen. In other words, the enemy comes to agitate, he comes to bring you, he taunts, he threats, threatens you, and then panic is, oh my God, I gotta do something now. Why you gotta do something now? Why I can't wait? Yeah, I taught all the time. This is what the Lord's trying to get us to understand. Stop moving so fast. Hurry up and wait. I preached that years ago, hurry up and wait. Ready, set, wait. That's what it was. Ready, set, wait. Because you're, you're, you, you move too fast, you, you're going to move wrong. You, you're too hasty. Because you think you got all the sense. But you don't have any sense. And the sense you have is going to further enslave you. You're going to move hastily and make it worse than it actually is. Thank you, Lord. I need to get the mind of God. I mean, and to do that, I've got to pray, and then I got to wait. No, Pastor, they said I got to answer by five o'clock. Okay, you gonna believe them or you gonna believe God? Well, but they said if I don't do that, this is gonna happen. What's gonna happen? 
it does happen, so what? It's not unto death. I'm, oh, y'all, y'all don't like this. I, I can tell. I can tell we've been put in situations where we're just, we're just immediately responding. See, we, we, we respond so quickly, we don't even give, remember the anointing is what we're depending on. We don't give the anointing a chance to even operate in our lives because we're operating out of the flesh so quickly. Glory to God. Never allow the taunt or threats of the enemy to make you panic. Can I show you something here? Get, get, I'm, I'm going to just, I got to move fast. Second Chronicles 32. I want to show you something. Second Chronicles 32. Get on the screen for me, please. Verse 1. Second Chronicles 32, verse 1. Glory to God. After these deeds of faithfulness, this is Hezekiah's faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. So Sennacherib is going to come to fight against the children of Judah. Okay? Now look down, please, at verse 6. Verse 6. This is Hezekiah's response. He said, military captains of the people gathered them together to him in the open square of the city and gave them encouragement, saying, keep going, verse 7, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria nor before the multitude that is with him. For there are, whoa, whoa, y'all went too fast. For there are more with us than with him. So he's encouraging them, saying, there are more with us than with him. Now, he's not talking about soldiers. He's talking about there's an invisible force, an invisible army of angels, the power of God that's with us. So there's more with us than there are with them. So don't panic, he says. Verse 8, please. With him, with him, the enemy is an arm of flesh, but with us, come on. Lord, I've got to help us and the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Now watch. They're strengthened by the hands of king, by, the, by these words. Now I want you to see how the enemy... Tries to come against them. Take me right, please, to verse um, 15. Verse 15. Now, now, this is Sennacherib, the enemy, talking back to them. Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this. Don't let Pastor John with all that preaching trick you. Don't let him talk you into that faith. You don't believe him. Don't believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand. Now he's talking big talk here. This is what the enemy, this is what he's telling you when you're on your ride home. This is what he's telling you on Tuesday when you ain't listening to no message all week. Don't listen to Pastor John. It's different for him. He's a pastor. Right. Okay. That's, that's dumb. I got to go to the same Publix and the same gas station and the same Duke Energy as you. Yeah, but, yeah, nothing. I'm telling you stuff that I've learned by revelation and I've proven by experience. You're not talking to some inexperienced dummy up here. I've learned it by revelation. God taught it, and then he let us walk, it, walk through it. We've proven the word. Over and over and over and over. You think we ain't ever been sick? You think we never, never had a financial difficulty? You think we never had financial pressure? You got to be done today or else. You think we never had that? No, we've had all that. But we've proven the word over and over and over and over. So I'm, I am uniquely qualified to teach you this word here. 
I'm telling you how the devil's going to do you. He's going to tell you, don't listen to that mess because this is what the real deal is. Now, look, go down to verse 18. This is what I want you to see, verse 18. Then they, this is the enemy, called out with a loud voice in Hebrew. They were speaking their own language, and now they're going to call out, we're going to talk your language. To the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall. Now watch this. Watch, watch what it is. I want y'all to see this. To frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. Did y'all catch that? Are you sure you caught it? So they really knew that they couldn't beat them. They're going to try to scare them out of the city. This is how a bully works. A bully knows he can't, he really don't want to fight you. So he's going to taunt you and threaten you and tell you how he's going to beat you down. Tell you how he's going to take all your milk money. He's going to tell you how, how he's going he gonna, he gonna to embarrass you in front of everybody. He's going to tell you how he's going to do everything to get you to, to, so scared that you defeat yourself. He's trying to scare you to death. Pastor Ken told it Wednesday night. It's time for you to call this bluff. Okay. Oh, you want to fight for real? Oh, you serious now? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you really, you really, oh, we, we, you really want to throw down, huh? Okay. We can throw down now. And, and what you do is, what you do is, the bully, you just keep on walking towards him. You, you really, you, okay, we're going to do this, right? Okay, I got you. I got you. What? 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 Before you even get, bam, what? While he's looking, you just, bam. I mean, what? Because he was just trying to threaten you and taunt you and insult you and scare you out of your inheritance. Scare you out of your healing. Scare you out of your miracle. Scare you out of your manifestation. He's trying to scare you. But he's a bully. And he knows he's been destroyed. So all he has left. So before you react in haste, get a word from God. Hezekiah got a word from God. He said there's more with us than there are with them. So give me the next verse. Give me the next verse. Watch this. Watch the next, the next verse. verse. Verse 19. Verse 19. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem and against the gods of the, of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. Verse 20. Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. I mean, in the midst of all that time, they cried out to God. Now watch what God does. Check it out. Then the Lord... I'm telling you what's about to happen in your life. The Lord is about to send an angel. Oh, Jesus. Hold that verse. Hold that verse. Remember we read Hebrews 2? Go back to Hebrews 2. And we were in where? Verse 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there? Give me Hebrews 2, uh, 2 verse 14. Inasmuch as the children of Israel, uh, he's taking part, he's destroyed him that proud, proud death, death of the devil, verse, verse 15. 
Verse 15, and at least those who through fear of death were all their lives subject to bondage, right? So he, he delivered us from that fear, right? Now watch verse 16. We didn't read this, but watch verse 16. For indeed, he, Christ, does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid. Anybody need any financial aid? He does. Oh, yeah, he gives aid. He gives assistance. He gives help. He's a help in time of trouble. He will do it. He gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Your mama says if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and as according to the promise. So he's giving you help. All the aid you, can, you need. Financial aid, medical aid, spiritual aid, emotional aid, marital aid, parenting aid, child support. All the kind of aid you need, God will do it. Now go back, go back, 2 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles where we are, 2 Chronicles 32 and 18. 32, eight, uh, no, 20, 21. Verse 2 Chronicles, yeah, there you go. Then the Lord sent an angel. This is that aid. He sent an angel. Just one. He didn't need a whole army. Whole Lord sent your angels. He don't need but one. To, who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Syria, so he returned shamefaced to his own land. As a matter of fact, to boot, when he had gone into the temple of his God, his own children killed him. Dad, don't be putting us in that kind of situation no more. They, they killed their own daddy because when we mess with them, them people, God. Them people, God is serious, man. Your God is serious, ladies and gentlemen. Your God ain't nothing to be played with. I said, your God ain't nothing to be played with. I know that's not good English, but your God ain't nothing to be played with. So number one, oh man, I'm out of time. It's past one o'clock already. Always see what God has to say. Number two, embrace the truth. Number two, embrace the truth. Write it down. Embrace the truth. In other words, don't wrestle with what God says. Whatever God tells you, remember you're going to hear what he has to say. Believe it and act on it by faith. Remember I told you last Sunday, I uh, gave you John 8, 32 in the, in the Passion Translation. John 8, 32, Passion Translation. It says this. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. Y'all got it? In other words, simply put, listen here. Once you discover the truth, Hold fast to it. In other words, once you hear what God is to say, he gives you a word, don't let that word go. And then, don't listen to anything else. Oh, that's critical right there, what I just said here. Once you hear what God says, don't listen to anything else. Once you hear God's word, get off Google. Stop asking Google, stop asking Siri, hey, what is this right here? No, don't ask them anymore. Don't consult with man anymore. Once you hear God's word, go with God's word. Stick with it because his word is right. His word is proven. His word is steadfast. His word is faithful. His word is settled. Because watch this. Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. See, so once you hear God's word, anything you hear from man, 
it's a good chance it's going to be a lie. It won't agree with God's word. So once you get God's word, embrace that. Glory to God. Can I show you something here? Oh, in Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Watch this. Jesus, oh my Lord. Psalm 91, verse, verse, uh, y'all y'all know Psalm 91? Yes. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of Almighty, you know, so forth. Let me drop down for the sake of time, please. Look at verse 4. Verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you shall take refuge. Watch this. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. <laughs> now, verse 5. You won't be afraid. See, I'm talking about how you walk in, walk in freedom now. In fact, give me verse 5 and 6 in the, the Living Bible. First 5 and 6 is the Living Bible. Watch this. 91, 5 and 6, the Living Bible. It says, now, see, after you've embraced the truth, you don't need to be afraid of the dark anymore. Nor fear the dangers of the day. Nor dread the plagues of darkness. Nor disasters in the morning. This is once you got the truth. Give me the same verse, verse 5 and 6, in the New Century Version, NCV. Watch this, NCV, verse 5 and 6. Glory to God. I'm almost finished, y'all. Verse 5. You will not fear any danger by night. That means you ain't got to fear somebody breaking in your house. Nor or an arrow. An arrow, you know, they don't shoot arrows today. They shoot AKs. Text, you know, Glocks. Come on now. During the day. So that means you don't, you don't need to fear any mass shootings. You can go and go to McDonald's. You can go and go to the mall. Now watch what he says, verse 6. You will not be afraid of diseases that come in the dark or sickness that strikes at noon. So you don't need to be fearing any sickness and diseases. Well, you know, if you do this, you're going to, you know, chances of 9 out of 10, you're going to develop so-and-so. Develop what? Develop what? You want to develop it because, the, because you believe that they said you were going to develop it. You meditated it right on in. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you're going to get diabetes if you eat all that so-and-so. You Explain your grandmama who lived to be 120 and ate all that. You tell us to eat all that. I'm not telling you to eat all that. I'm telling you that that's not what does it. What does it is you believe what they said. So you don't you don't you don't fear the destruction that lays waste. That word destruction, when you see that down there, or destruction lays waste, it means the devastation. You don't fear devastation. That's why we didn't freak out on Irma. And if, if Irma come back this, this year, we ain't going to freak out about Irma this year either. Now, if the Lord says, the Lord comes to me and says, uh, son, tell your, tell your congregation to get out of town, I'm going to tell you get out of town. I'm not going to put you in danger. But if he don't say that, if he says stay right there and talk to this storm, <laughs> then we're going to stay here and talk to that storm. That's why we didn't leave. We stayed here. And people ran from the storm, and the storm chased them. 
Chase you right on up to Orlando. Chase you right on up to Atlanta. Went to, the storm just followed. The, because it follows fear. Everything from the enemy follows fear. It follows fear. All right, last one. So number one, I said always say, see what God has to say. Number two, embrace the truth. Number three, last one. Never return to sense knowledge living. Never return to sense knowledge, knowledge living. Because if you go back, it'll put you in a worse state than before. Galatians 5 verse 1 says this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So once you're liberated, stay there. Don't go back into slavery, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Give me that same verse in the message translation, please. Message Bible. Message Bible. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Sense knowledge will put a harness of slavery on you. You are free. You are free. Don't let the world, with all their sense, put you back in slavery. You ought to be free to sleep at night. Free to get on a plane and fly somewhere. Free to go on vacation, not always be trying to take back to my house, all right, my house, all right. I used to do that. I used to be all that town and, hey, can y'all rob my house? I just, I finally realized, man, I was a slave to my house. Couldn't even enjoy being out of town, always. Hey, the house, all right, you rob by the days, so you know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 85, verse 8. Last scripture here. I will hear the Lord God will speak. For he will speak what? Peace to his people. Y'all remember that? Psalm 85, verse 8? And to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly or foolishness or sense knowledge. So once God shows you the way, you start walking in this, in his way of peace. That word peace is shalom. It's nothing missing, lacking or broken. It's wholeness, health healing, prosperity in every, of every regard, he says, don't, don't go back to that folly. Don't go back to being foolish. Once you know, here's the way to walk in it. Now, I'm done, but I want to I wanna just give this, this warning or admonition, I'll call it that. The devil, this week, I double-dog guarantee you, is going to come at you real hard. Amen. Why are you prophesying? I'm not prophesying. That's just observation. That's just how he works. That's how he works. But, and, hey, I have news. Don't worry. He's going to come at me real hard, too. I know it. Do I look scared? No, because he's been destroyed. He doesn't have any power. All he can do is taunt and threaten. And, ah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Well, do it if you're bad. That's, that's what you want to do. it if you're bad. If you all that, dumb devil, do it. 
but he can't do it. The devil tries to tell me all kind of stuff. And I just, I, I just, I tell him, shut up. I know too much. I know the word. You can't beat me. You can't whip me. And you know it. If you could have, you would have. You'd have done it a long time ago. I'd have been gone. I'd have been put out. You can't do any of it. So I'm just going to keep walking in my victory, walking in my authority, walking in revelation knowledge, and I'm going to walk in my freedom. I'm going to walk in my freedom. Oh, you can't eat that. I'm going I'm to eat everything with thanksgiving and prayer. He made everything to be received. If it's received, with sanctified by the word and prayer. We shouldn't be eating no pork. Word and prayer. You don't gonna be eating no bread. No, you don't eat any bread. And every time we take communion, we take we eating bread. Because he's the bread of life. There ain't no bread. There ain't no rice. All the people in Asia eat rice seven times a day. And smaller than us. Because they move to exercise. Yeah, don't eat rice and go sit at, go to your break at work and then go to eat a fat plate of pig feet and rice and stuff and then go sit at work at a desk. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, they 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 riding bicycles. Yeah, they they stay moving. It ain't that. And God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. Our Emancipation Proclamation was signed and executed on Calvary's cross. Don't go back into slavery. It's on the cross. It's done. Pay for. Pay for. Complete. Walk in your freedom. Hey, here's another area of freedom. I didn't talk about it, but you need to know this. If you've already come to Christ and you used to be a sinner, I mean a show enough, a show enough sinner. I mean, you, you sin some stuff you still ain't told people about. You know that's all been forgiven? Yes. You know the devil, he might keep trying to bring that. I'm going to tell everybody what you used to do. Tell them. Matter of fact, I'm going to beat you to it. And i tell you about what I used to do. I used to be something, boy. I used to show enough do this. I used to, yeah. I, or I did that. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell everybody what you did. That's the accuser of the brethren, right? I beat you to the punch. Look. That's what I did. Now I'm free. You got to walk in it. You got to walk in it. Amen. Did y'all receive that today? Stand to your feet. here born again? If you're born again, raise your hands. I want to see you. All right. If you're born again, remember you don't live in Mexico anymore. You live in U.S. In other words, you don't live in that kingdom of the darkness. You live in the kingdom of God. 
Now, when I ask that question, if you weren't able to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm born again, I want to make sure you do that. Because you got to walk in liberty, you got to be born again. The Bible says in Romans 8 that all creation is waiting to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So you and I are supposed to be enjoying glorious liberty. If you're not a child of God, there is no glorious liberty. It's a, it's a darkness, it's a destruction. And so God wants you, first and foremost, born again. Amen? So if you're not born again, and you want to be born again today, I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand if that's you, if, if that's you. I'm not born again, Pastor, but today I want to be born again. I want to experience liberty. I want to know what it is to live free. I'm tired of all these fears and the things that the devil has been using to enslave me, and I want to be free. I want to be free. Is that anybody in this place today, or is everybody already free? Everybody's already free? All right. Okay, I'm making sure. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You can't free yourself. People try to get free by doing stuff, and you can't free yourself. The sun has to set us free. All right, so Father, I thank you today for the word. I thank you for each person who's received the word. And I pray, dear Lord, that each person who's heard this word this afternoon, that you help us every day to truly walk in freedom. Thank you for all you did to grant us this freedom. Thank you that the freedom came at a price. The price was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Him giving his own life for us allowed them to do horrible things to him so that you could do wonderful things for us. So God, I thank you for each person today that Lord will we'll embrace this truth, will always hear what you have to say, and that God will not turn back to any foolishness, will not go back to sense knowledge. We'll walk in, the, in this freedom you've given us and enjoy it every day. That our freedom will be so, so evident that those in the world will look upon us and want to know how we live in the freedom and the liberty and the joy that we have and the peace that we have. And we'll tell everyone we know it comes through Jesus Christ. And we'll win people to Jesus Christ every day, every week, God, all the time. We'll let them know Jesus Christ saves he says to the uttermost, he delivers and he sets men free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today, Lord, I speak deliverance from every addiction. I speak deliverance from all oppression. I speak deliverance, God, right now from all debt and any poverty and any lack. I speak deliverance right now in this house over every sickness or disease over every circumstance that's attacking even our physical bodies. I speak deliverance right now, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Now in the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority over every attack, over everything the devil is doing. We take authority over his taunts, over his, over his threats. We command him to shut up now. Your word says, Father, that for this reason was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So right now, that his works we know are to steal and to kill and to destroy. But his work has been destroyed in our lives. We thank you now that we enjoy life and we enjoy life more abundantly. Thank you now that we walk in that abundant life, we walk in that freedom, and we're no more tied, no more enslaved to this world system ever again. Thank you for it. We give you praise and glory and honor for it. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. And amen. Give God a great hand of praise again. Once again today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.